Middle call. Hey, B. Hey. Lend me your earballs. Middlecoff invented that one about seven minutes ago. It's like you got a lot of earballs out there. <laughs> Total accident. Great invention. Earballs. I do you think that's apt to what we do, though, because we are uh, a, a streaming service. You can hear us on podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, if you uh, if you may. But you can also find us on this little thing called the YouTube uh, at YouTube. I think it's YouTube.com slash Haberman or Ham or just type in Haber Middlecoff to YouTube search engine. You know, it's the second biggest search engine. Partly it's owned by Google. Uh, so you can, your balls, you listen, you watch. Telling you, a lot of people listen to their podcasts at work or at home through YouTube, just in the background. And even if you're not necessarily watching, you're listening. When we start making t-shirts, ear balls is going to be on the uh, short list, I think, for t-shirts. Well, I like that. With like a with like a headphone, you know. Such a good one. Ear balls. That's such a good one. <sighs> welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, subscribe and like on YouTube. Go to the uh, Apple Podcast. Leave us a review. Five stars. That's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. And John, it is you time. Go vine- you go to the vineyard yesterday? I went up to Napa. I spent some time in Napa. You were in. You were, you played two days of a uh, member guest at Olympic. I went up to wine country on Saturday. It's, um, you know, blue collar podcasting at its finest. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta have some some balance in your life to be great podcasters. I believe. I want to say balance. I just do other shit. Yep. Pine Ridge recommend that winery. Went up to Pine Ridge and uh, Don G- Bistro Don Giovanni's. V- very good. Get the uh, lemon uh, ricotta uh, pasta. What, what, you have a good Pinot, a good uh, Chardonnay. No, I, I don't really like wine. Is the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I like it enough, but. Yeah. Uh, it's more just it was warm. It was nice. Just hang out for 45 minutes, an hour, you know, and yeah, it was a quick little, uh, quick little you thing. You put any offers on any uh, vineyards or uh, any property? <laughs> any grapes? Big grape guy. So, um, yeah. And you and our buddy Greg Mraz took on Olympic Club and um, it, it didn't Olympic go great, Club? but, but huh. the guy that won the entire thing of like 200 people, he is a better his handicap is a plus basically one that means he's better than a scratch golfer he's awesome he's also like 60 years old i I was on a text chain 16 or 60 6d i I would guess give or take i mean he graduated college in 84 so yeah i would say right around 60 i'm on a text chain with the two best golfers i know and play with scotty raber tyler raber i said he's easily the greatest 60 year old i've ever seen like the bernhard langers the ernie l's like this guy might not be that, but he's in like in his club. He plays at Olympic, so his game travels like he can yeah. play fucking anywhere. And me and Greg and I, I was not great. We just had our ups and downs. According to the uh, scouting report I got Friday, Middlecoff pivoted to some beers <clears throat> and your game came into form. That's just what I heard from the gallery. Yes. And then it, it improved a little on Saturday and uh, we were taking on the eventual champ. We were one up after like five head, holes. You tell me you went head to head with this guy. Oh, we went head. We played him. He was in our tier, you know, and we, we are one up guy with then back to back holes to push. So we would have been one up going into hole like eight. And I, I three putted next hole. Greg missed a shorty. And all of a sudden we find and we looked at each other like this could go down. And we did this a couple times throughout the weekend of like, we're going to fucking smoke these guys. You know, like a couple times we'd be even but both our drives be in the middle like it's time 
and you just can't get cocky in golf. And then all of a yeah. sudden we found ourselves one down and then this guy pulled a Belichickian move. His kid drove the, drove a par five and two and me and Greg both like had wedges in. So we were going to putt for birdie, but he got a full stroke. I only got a half stroke. His dad, who again is incredible, his chip up to the green, he hits his chip way over, but his chip is shorter than his son's. And Greg looks at me and he goes, I think he did that on purpose to give his son the line because he knows if his son one, two putts from there, it's an, it's a net Eagle. And I'm like, Holy shit. That is the most Belichickian because the ball I'm sitting there waiting, you know, I mark my ball. He's got a chip from like 15, 20 feet away. This guy has not missed a shot all day. He chips it way over. I'm like, what is this? He could do that shot in his sleep. And Greg looks at me. He's like, I think he did that on purpose. Wow. And I was like, that is genius. We never said anything to him, but it was clear because then he putted first and he wasn't out. But yeah. in match play, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. this guy's a fucking this. Wow. These guys, man. Wow. You know, I was thinking about it on Saturday. I was kicking myself. I was like, if Greg and John have a chance to win this thing, I should be there. Like, I want to be there. <laughs> so, uh, sounds like it's great that you got to take on the champ. Like, that's a pretty, pretty cool uh, experience. Here, another thing I learned is that, uh, when you have an Olympic club, probably in golf, it's one of the few major venues, even U.S. Open wise, to win it, even wins it, you know, even at like Pebble and what uh, Brookline this year, you know, like six, seven under, yeah. even wins it at Olympic every single time. I mean, it's pro. I told Greg this pros don't hate that course because it sucks. It's because it beats the shit out of them. <laughs> it dominates them. Yeah. So it gets all the but they have two courses. And I've always thought like, I don't let's play the U.S. Open. Let's play the U.S. Open one. We played the other one, and I was like, even Greg said something to me. He's like, you know, I don't think this one gets enough respect. And then the eventual champ, Matt Healy, whose son came up to me when we first played him. He said, I love the podcast. And uh, I don't know if he was being nice or listens, but I'm big. Drew was a nice kid. And uh, he, we're on the back. We're playing that, the second course. I think it's Ocean in the Lake. Whatever one is not the U.S. Open one. And I was like, you know, if this thing was called San Francisco Pines and was just its own course, either as a country club or like a Harding Park as an individual, it would get blown and talked about and hyped up all the time. Instead, it's like, oh, how about that? Which course did you? Because Greg was the other course. Greg was at a bar and he's like telling someone he was a member there. He's like, what course do you play a lot? The, the, the U S open one or the shitty one. He's like the shitty one. <laughs> it is not shitty. It's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, the, I mean, the par three course is on the water. The par three course is cliffside. Think about that. It's sweet. <laughs> the par, I played that one a few months ago. I'm like, wait, this exact, I didn't know this existed. Are you kidding me? Was it only pretty so much, sweet? There's only so much coastal real estate on any landmass. And this coastal real estate has a par three, a thirty, yeah. a forty dollar par three. You kidding? It's pretty cool. Should and to get to the, the, my favorite part about Olympic Club, to get there, you drive down John Daly Boulevard. Yeah, at least coming from my not area. even, and it's not it has nothing to do with John Daly. It's not related. No, I tell myself that's not true though. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> John. Right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code Ham. Bet $5 on any UFC 277 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. UFC 277, take down your own big win on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 
guy. I'm looking at some of the guys fighting next week. There is someone named Blood Diamond. That's the guy's name. He's Leo? fighting in the UFC. Blood Diamond. He is like a plus 140 underdog right now on DraftKings. Blood Diamond. What wow. a name. How Got are you not bet betting on, on that guy? <laughs> <laughs> this Saturday, new customers can bet five bucks on any fighter to win. Get $100 in free bets. Whether you win or lose, you can also double your winnings on the same game parlay. And uh, I don't know. If you got to parlay, but Blood Diamond. You got to throw who? him in there. With who? Blood Diamond and who? Just give me somebody else. Uh, I, I would go uh, uh, Rafael Alves, also a big underdog. I know All a right. lot of people. I, I haven't. I'm, I might dabble for the first time who like gambling on the UFC. You know, if you're, I mean, it's just, you just pick one fighter, just one-on-one, and you can get underdogs at two, three to one sometimes. Yeah. And it can end immediately or it can last, you know what I mean? Like yeah. baseball, football game, you know. I can go to the bathroom in the first quarter. We got three more quarters. Yeah, you get one right leg sweep and a leg snaps. Mm. You're champion. <laughs> DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So use code HAM this Saturday at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Butcherbox.com slash HAM. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season long more or less picks on mlb homers you may remember i've got less on otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next nba blowout game just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. 
And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the GameTime app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. GameTime app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, the Woo! first message on the um, show today from Matthew, first pot of football season. Actually kind of felt like that. I mean, we're doing this live on a Sunday, which is our football season. You know, we have we have reserved this table every Sunday uh, during football season. And we've had a We few- did go to OTA practices, though, with some of the new guys. You know, I, I know this, this once the fall gets here, but I, I hear seven weeks saying. away from the season. Yeah, it's not far away. I think and, the Raiders and Jags play, you know, in two weeks. Which is why they both – actually, the Jags veterans report today, if you're listening to this live Sunday, July 24th, the Raiders reported six weeks ago, it feels like. Uh, the Bills and Rams, Rams reported Saturday. Everybody else, either the whole team reports this Tuesday, the 26th, or the veterans report on Tuesday, and some of their young guys have already shown up. But by Tuesday, you, which is when the Niners report, every team in the NFL is going to be in camp. Do you, uh, yeah, the 8-4. Jags, Raiders. I mean, what's that? 14 days away? Am I doing my math right? Maybe a little long. 11. I saw Doug Peterson, a stat. Doug Peterson is three wins away. Obviously, he's never coached a game for the Jags from being fifth all time on wins list for the Jacksonville Jags. Wait, wait, wait. Three wins away from being yeah, so he, fifth on the all time <laughs> Jags wins list. Little skewed, you know, new, relatively newer franchise, late no, 90s. I, I mean, still. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, even if things had gone well, they probably shouldn't have more than five coaches, but. I mean, obviously, how many coaches have they had? That's really the question. A decent amount. How you many know, guys t- I mean, think ahead of. Yeah, probably four or five, especially if you probably count. They've had their fair share of interims, I would imagine, over the years. That's that's the one franchise, I'd say, of all the franchises, even more than the Texans, that feels the closest to a movie franchise. Like you would see just their logo, the way they look, the way they talked about. Doesn't quite feel NFL, does it? Um. You know, I thought really when they went with that two-toned helmet, it killed things. The thing about them is they've had some really good teams, right? Kind of like the Marlins. Feels like a joke franchise, but have had – now the Marlins like won a championship, but they've had several elite baseball teams. The Jags have had some fantastic teams over the years. They just can never sustain it. Um, and fantastic they, players. Yeah, I mean uh, – I have a hard time putting the Panthers much ahead of the Jags. I, to me, they're kind I do of think they, boat. but they had a pretty awesome ten-year decade with the they Cam, did. though, and they they, felt they made the playoffs a lot, and they just felt like a very credible opponent. Yeah, you turned on your TV as a as a football consumer, they were a pretty easy watch for a long period of time, right? I mean, they felt like they were Panthers, yeah. Eagles, or Panthers, Ma- Cowboys. Niners. It was a real game, Panthers, yeah. Niners, big games. I, I know. I mean, they played the second round. Who who do the Jags fans look forward to their big matchups with? 
It's a good. Yeah, point. I mean, it's you know, Jags Texans. It's yeah, a, it's unfair that, that to me. The you think there's a gap game. between Jags and Texans? Uh, mm, that's a good. That's a good one. They had a lot more credibility for. They were just consistently pretty solid there for a while, right? Yeah, it does feel like they have some divisional and conference rivalries. Kubiak and then Bill O'Brien with Deshaun and Schaub and Arian Foster and J.J. Watt. Like, they were just a solid 9-11 to 11 win team there for a little while. Yeah. Shanahan, you know? There's just so many good – we were talking before the podcast. It's just I, – I, I got a few of them that I want – like some specific NFL storylines. This camp opens this week. But there's so much good stuff that's just even secondary. Like, Baker Mayfield going to show up pissed off for greatness this week for the Carolina Panthers? Well, I saw on Matt, well, Matt Corral, they were all working out together, all three quarterbacks. They, they were all took a picture together. And Darnold? Yeah. Hot seat McCarthy. Hottest seat in the NFL? Uh, is he on a hot seat, though? I mean, who who's on the hot seat in the NFL? Cliff was until he got an extension. Like, how many I hot mean, seat coaches are there, really? But some not uh, everyone's keeping their jobs. Is it well, is Pete Mike Carroll, is Pete, hot is, seat? Is Pete Carroll on the hot seat? Yeah, he might be. Mike McDaniel hot seat? Robert uh, hot seat. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett hot seat. I I would say yes. I mean, what if what if the Saints win six games? Does Dennis Allen survive? Mm, he might be hot seat. Todd Bowles. Uh, yeah, I mean things change fast in the NFL. Matt Rule. Yeah, is Matt that? Rule hot yeah. seat? it's weird. Like, because he's one of those. Would he get in a, at a college job immediately? Well, yeah. What did you say? He'll be coaching UCLA in three years. Three years. Well, we'll see. I mean, Bruins going to be five and zero this year, John. You just hold your hat. But it could be. Now, if Baker, I, I think you, I think you get a feel. I, the one thing with hot seat, I don't think there's a true like. It really felt. You feel it like after a month, you're like, oh, this is not going well. This is in trouble. This is over. And that to me, Pete Carroll could be one of those guys like. Had a good run. He's 71 years old. It's just over. It's just ownership change. Me, Pete, I'd say Pete's less hot seaty. It's a, it would be a little Andy Reid at the end of Philly. Like it's just, it's just over. Now the difference is at the time, Andy, what he's early 60s now, like he still was maybe 58 at the time, right? Pete, it's gonna feel like is his career over? Also, like if, Andy if, was in Philly, right? Where like reporters go toe-to-toe with uh 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 who's the guy? Did you see that video from a couple days from was yesterday? it JT? No, not real Muto. Uh, who's Reece the guy? Hoskins? From, I always want to say Castellanos. Oh, wait, it, I think it was. Yeah, is it Castellanos? I, yeah. Well, I, 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 I just saw a bunch of people posting about it, and I was like, yeah. this is probably pretty stupid. I eventually hit play. The reporter almost poked him. Did you see yeah, that part? It, it, it got it went way too far. But I thought the question was legitimate. Like, hey man, do you hear the booze? It's just a way to like kind of be nice. Without saying you got booed and just let the guy talk and uh, he wasn't having it. But but I thought it was a fair answer. Like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. of course I fucking heard every human in the building heard him. Yeah. Why does the reporter get to poke though? That was very old school reporter, like in the eighties. Well, you need some. I, I think in the eighties that's a fight. You know, it's like th- this in two thousand twenty. He's too rich to well, even like acknowledge. Uh, before we dive in, I will just quick recommendation. The Jeter doc is pretty good. And episode two of the Jeter doc. They have, um, they've got a fight with the Orioles, and Daryl Strawberry like comes running around and punches Armando Benitez in the side of the head, and it was a real fight. <laughs> and then right after the fight, they come back, and uh, is it Tim Raines maybe hits a home run, 
And it was just like, it was a real fight. You know what I mean? Like a real fight. Back when there used to be real fights. People got hit. People got punched in the side of the head. Was Cal Ripken there around? Yeah, Ripken would have been around. He wasn't in the fight. Benitez nailed somebody. And then uh, Strawberry's a big dude, man. He's a big, big Strawberry's a dude. big guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of good storylines. Will Davis Mills be good enough to keep Jimmy Garoppolo off the Texans? Interesting storyline, John. Well, I, I honestly think this football season in general, college and pro, is shaping up to be just wide open as wide open can get. I mean, I think six, seven teams can win the national championship. I think the buzz going into college football is awesome. I, and I think the same thing in the NFL, what 10 plus teams are going to like legitimately you're going to go are Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. You could argue 10 teams in college football could win the national championship, like the top two or three teams in most conferences. Maybe not the Pac-10. Is it, is it still the Pac-12? It's the Pac-12. I mean, you know, Utah's going to Utah's going to be a preseason top five team and they play Florida week one. So. They're going to have a shot. Dan Lanning plays uh, Georgia week one. They're like an 18-point underdog, but they're also going to be a preseason top 15 team. Yeah. Well, I, I think the pressure on the two Texas teams, given they've spent money like the Yankees. I mean, legitimately have, right, relative to what's going on. The amount of money that those two teams have used <laughs> to yeah. their disposal. Yeah. And the difference to me in Texas, Sark, and, and Lincoln Riley, is it like Lincoln just showed up? Like now Sark had a year right? Of getting some of his own guys, transfers. I think there's an astronomical amount of pressure on him. For whatever reason, the AM guys like Jimbo, even though he only wins eight games for them. And there's going to be pressure on him. But I think Sark could not just... Guy, they went five and seven last year. Five and seven. I mean, you got Brian Kelly at LSU. You got new coach at Notre Dame. You got defending champs, Georgia. But they bring the quarterback that everyone said wasn't good enough to win a title back. They wanted him to retire. (laughs) Bama brings his quarterback back. Ohio State brings its quarterback back. Uh, Yeah, man, A&M gets a ton of attention and pressure. Like I said, what I said about Utah, they bring a ton of guys back from a really good team. Mel Tucker just got paid. The pressure's always on Harbaugh. Oklahoma's got a new coach after they've been rolling. Clemson's coming off a down year where they went 10-3. and Exactly. Jimbo said his quarterback is not a slap dick from Chiawaga Community College. You see that quote the other day? <laughs> well, wasn't that guy pretty terrible last year? DJ Uyunglele? Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, a, a major college football analyst because I posted that video. He he sent me a text right away. He's like, DJ's terrible. That was his quote. In other words. You think like, Dabo believe because I saw, I watched your video. It sounds like Dabo really likes him. Like, is he just holding on for hope? One thing this guy was saying, he's like, I will say, like, he did not have a lot of support, but they've got this other guy. I don't remember the guy's name. They got a like a major recruit who's in there trying to take DJ's job. So, I mean, they, for however bad his quarterback was, they won a bunch of games last year, right? Like, yeah. Well, they, they, they actually they got lost the court, They lost the their coordinator. You know, I mean, there's just coordinators. Coordinators, yeah, which they hadn't that hadn't happened to them before. Yeah, I'm uh, I, my favorite highlight of the SEC media days was Kirby saying that 95 of his players have NILs. There were only 85 scholarships in Division One football, so that yeah. means 10 walk-ons at Georgia have NILs. Have NILs? Well, 95 player have NILs? Do they have one of those deals where everybody on the roster gets an NIL? Like, you see, Texas Tech has one of those. Everybody gets an NIL deal on the team. But it can't. That can't be true because there's 105 guys on the roster, right? 
because you get tw- you get twenty walk ons you just need for practice. But I, I would imagine there's like there's some deals out there where the company's like every player on the team gets five thousand dollars in an NIL deal. You well, then I mean? wouldn't Kirby have said that one hundred and five of our guys awesome. NIL? Yeah, I don't. That's weird. I think the way he was saying it, like ninety five of our guys are getting real money, like not like some fake like extra two grand that I can just say this. He said we have the highest paid tight end, we have the highest paid defensive tackle, we have the highest paid linebacker. I was like, yeah, Kirby. So what's really changed since fucking NILs? <laughs> that was you had that, that was going three or five years ago. Georgia's spending a lot of money, bro. They, they spend money like they got the, a title to defend. I mean, you you win a championship, you get an influx of cash, right? You donations go up after you win a championship. I, I know we don't. I know we don't. We were last year. I know we don't know the because the NFL stuff is private. Kirby makes what he just signed a tw- twelve million dollars a year, basically like one hundred twenty million dollars. Where do you think he would rank in the NFL if you just? Probably seventh, eighth. Yeah, top ten. I mean, I, like, how many guys are true? You know, Belichick, Andy. I saw Florio wrote that McVay claims he hasn't signed his deal yet. Uh, I think Holden? Kyle. We're gonna have a coach Holden, maybe. What would your guess, Kyle? McVay makes? show up, but don't coach. Well, he made what do he make four or six on the first deal? I thought it was seven. Set okay, six or seven. So he's got to be in the ten range by now. Yeah, right? I would have guessed twelve, thirteen. Um, maybe there's some kickers if you have success. I think Tomlin, I would imagine, makes pretty good cash. Harbaugh, I think John is not a uh, low paid guy, right? Harbaugh, Pete, what's Pete making? Carol, I think Pete made, I think Pete makes huge money. I think Pete makes like 15. Sean Payton did make huge, but I don't, you know, he retired. Uh, Brandon Staley's probably about four at Gruden. Well, he's, he's trying to get his money back. I, well, Josh, Josh was making five to be the OC. What would you guess, Mark Pace, Josh? Is it not? Did it not get reported at some point in time? I don't think so. Got to be at least ten. Yeah. Mark, Mark, is he paying twenty million dollars to two coaches this year? Well, I don't think he has to pay. What's his name? I guess you know. John Gruden. What's his name? <laughs> uh, will say Debo? From, say what you want, Mark. I mean, you pay. You pay it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the cost of doing business in the NFL. Debo or Garoppolo, both of them, neither of them, one of them showing up to camp uh, on Tuesday. What do you think? Uh, I think Debo is there. Uh, I, I I think that you're not the holdouts from when we were kids. I guess it specifically happened in football, and it it happened in football up until when the last CBA, right? Yeah, up until about 2011 ish. The the Revis felt like one of the last true. Like I'm not showing up, but I guess. You'd say that, but remember Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald did it. I guess this new CBA that they literally just signed like a year ago added that language of like kind of an owner flex, right? Like we are not giving your money back. And then good luck negotiating, just thinking we'll just add that money to the contract. Because I know that was, I used to say that. And I was thinking that like, I I don't think that that would be a give back thing. Just if I owed you, if you have $200,000 worth of fines, like that's your fucking problem. We told you to show up for the deal. And you can say that's petty or whatever, but I think it's pretty clear because these agents have made it to these guys like, but you, you have to show up. Now you don't have to practice, but I think the tone has been set. These hold ins. Yeah. Right. I mean, Debo literally just did it. We just saw him do it for three days. It's the great scam, making it illegal, making it illegal for you to do something that you don't want to do anyway. But every team felt obligated when they were in that spot. Like we just brought the guy back. Let we don't want to start off on the wrong foot. Let's give him his money back. And everyone always got it back. Forward. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but they didn't want to do it. They just felt like if you don't do it, you're starting a fight. So now they changed the rule and now guys show up. And, you know, I think by and large with the Niners we've seen and with a lot of teams, although Kyler's situation was a little different, if you show up, eventually there is a contract for you, right? The question is, are the Niners waiting on Jimmy to do a contract with Debo? Like, at you this see the headline point, from Florio that Kyler has over nine million dollars of incentives for off season over the next five years. Oh, can you imagine having that? You? Well, can you imagine even having to think like that when a contract of that? Oh, obviously, you do with him because he would never show up. I, but honestly, guy, I, th- I think there would be an element like that. It made me think about Debo, who does not like this area, who does not like training out here in the off season. It, I, I, teams do not want to do that crap, but there's say what you want. Like it's part of the cost of doing business now with a yeah. guy. Again, you're in Santa Clara. He trains in Florida. If you want him here, I don't, it wouldn't cost $9 million, but would they have to throw in a, a, at least a number that makes it like a million dollars in off season? If it's a four-year contract, so it's $4 million. And you could argue like, it's just worth it for him. I, it's a little different with a quarterback. Like, I got to put this in it's fucking Kyler. We're in fucking Scottsdale. It's a, it's a, I don't even know how long the flight, a private jet from Scottsdale back to Texas. That's where you want to hang out. I understand a little more with Debo, you know, even though Kittle and those guys, like Kittle lives in Nashville for six months and figures it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think with but, younger guys too, there's an expect, if you're an, a hall of fame quarterback at 35, there's a little less expectation that you got to be there for some of the drudgery. But when you're a young quarterback and your team hasn't won anything and, you know, the other day we were talking about him and I got a lot of people because we put well, up- Debo's much more accomplished than Kyler in a vacuum, right? Yeah. I mean, what great quarterback has ever been great and not won anything like n- none of them, right? Not one. Well, Dev- Devontae said Car- Car's a Hall of Famer. Well, OK, you don't <laughs> but you don't you don't get eventually like you don't get to have no questions asked about you. Unless you win. And eventually, like, there are all these questions about Stafford. He changed teams. He won a championship. The questions stop. So the Why, questions uh, honestly, will persist. People you forget Cliff's fault or not, the questions will persist about Kyler until they win. People forget, but in our high school years and early college years, Peyton took a lot of shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Because he didn't win in college. He couldn't beat Florida. He gets drafted number one. He resurrects the Colts. They become a powerhouse. And then he can't beat Belichick and he can't win a Super Bowl up until 06, 07, right? That's a long time. Like Peyton Manning is a huge deal from like 96 to 06 and doesn't win shit. And everyone acknowledged like this fucking guy is incredible. But a little, it's different because everyone likes Peyton. But A-Rod, like you become a great player and you don't win. And it feels like left a little to be desired in the biggest game. Like that's Aaron Rodgers can duck it a little bit even though it's clear like he had to play better. Like you can't lose to the Niners when they don't score an offensive touchdown. But he always has in the back of his pocket, like, my third year starting, Super Bowl, right? I'm a champion. Yeah. I've been a champion for a decade. And he always has that trump. I card. haven't fallen off. Like I've gotten I'm an MVP the last two years of my career, the oldest I've ever yeah, been. You guys know time. I can be a champion. You know, yeah. you've seen it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what makes the Debo thing. I don't I'm not gonna say there's urgency to get it done necessarily. The fact that Trey Lance is your new quarterback, I think adds a little bit of urgency. But also it feels like you are in the prime of Debo Samuel right now. Like this is the best it's gonna be. So you want it to go as smoothly as possible and you want him on the field and ready to roll. You don't want to be squeezing his, you know, on field action in the last three weeks of the of the preseason. I, I, I do wonder and listen, we it, it's been Cloak and daggers the wrong way, but the, the information behind it is just like, well, I don't want to be used as a running back. So if I give you 55 million guaranteed, like he gets a legitimate AJ Brown contract, 
signs it. He's smiling. He's a super rich guy. He gets a big $20, 30000000 million signing bonus. Is he cool with still being – because I was thinking actually today at the gym, I was like, does he, is he just going to expect to just get flanked out wide every – like that's not really his – again, he's a really good wide receiver. He's an elite football player. He is not A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson out there. He's He runs a couple routes. He runs some digs. He runs some slants. He's not Mr. – I'm not saying Amari's better, but he can't do what Amari – like he just can't run all this shit and just right. dominate. And Amari doesn't the, do some of the stuff that he does, but the stuff wait, that he does impossible. is more dangerous. For sure. Like, do, do you envision, and I know they told him this, and they hell, they acted it, right? They Now, you could argue, like, they drafted that LSU running back simply because they're not that high on Trey Sermon. Like, they're, they're okay with going, yeah, we whiffed. And, and the way Kyle kills everybody, like, we just need more people. Like, so we just need another running back. We love this guy. The value was there. Like, maybe Trey, is it inconceivable? Trey Sermon gets cut, and you just kind of use, like, we just move on. You know, we screwed up, we fucked up, we but we moved on. We got a better player. That guy, you watched his highlights before me. I remember one of his highlights, like, God damn, this guy's a beast. <laughs> you know, so that guy's going to play. Uh, obviously, Mitchell's going to play. But Debo's can do things that those guys just, I mean, he's he's one of the more electrifying players we've ever seen in the backfield. Like in recent memory, like Alvin Kamara level, like, you know, Dalvin Cook, like he was doing that type stuff. Yeah. Saquon is rookie. He's scoring 25-yard rushing touchdowns leading the league, right? Like that's – you're hitting home runs on running plays with him. Yeah, and I, I understand – because once you get paid, like why does it even matter? I don't want you to get hurt, and get Debo doesn't again, want to get hurt. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. But you're years away again, right? It's he, it's a he, did, he did take some pretty big shots kind of going up the middle last year, right? Running the ball up the middle. Yeah, he got – not concussed, but remember he, he left uh, – We'd get hit in the head with a forearm. Was that the Rams game? Yeah, and there was a there was a play in the Packers game where he got walloped, you know, and he went down. He came back, but it was like I, I also you, think you, you, you just the collisions are a little harder, like it within that ten yard kind of box, right? You know, when the game's on the line, is he really not going to take the football? <laughs> no, like exactly. I like ultimately he is going to be on your team. Like you said, you he's been he's been in the Bay Area. He's been doing stuff. He what did you say? He was looking for a car wash in San Jose. A car wash, something of that vein. Whether it was a car service, you know, something like San Jose. He, he Instagram something about San Jose. Garoppolo is going to have. I, I'd be surprised if we saw it, if Jimmy showed up on Tuesday. Right? He's still re, rehabbing, still improving. Going to be excused. Well, only I, one of I, them I, would be excused, right? Jimmy. How many excused players, non like death or whatever, are around the league? You know, just strictly for contractual, nothing personal, like wife's and label or anything, like true football wise. I would imagine Jimmy is on the short list of might just be the one of one. I'm like, yeah, training camp started. You are good. Stay away. Very kind of NBA ish. Yeah. Right. It's like, listen, we got to hold your contract till we can get rid of you. Stay away. That, that doesn't happen in football really at all. Right. It's a, this is a unique. This is an outlier situation. It's weird, but as you've pointed out for months, the alternative is weirder. Him being there. Well, that's where to me, if he shows up, that shows you that they're they're trying to ruffle some feathers. I, so, I, I don't I don't imagine him showing up, but it would not I'm at the point now where I am open to the conversation of it wouldn't like my jaw wouldn't drop, you know? Because there's no way they're asking him to come. And so if he arrives, it's because Don is putting pressure on them. We know you don't want this. Get this guy out of here. He's going to show up and make your life uncomfortable. 
I, I do think the hard part with Don Yee is for this super famous agent, right? Like you say Don Yee, and part of it is just because of one guy. It's like, yeah, that's been Tom Brady's guy. I'm not saying he's like like Scott Boris, Drew Rosenhaus. Like, you not only know those guys, you're like, I know how those guys do business. They you hold know? court twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> I know how those guys operate. Like right. they're coming for blood, you know, or it's like like Rosenhaus on Co- CBS Sports H and Q today. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you look up, it's like CNBC, like the business of football. It's just Drew talking with like Josh Brown. <laughs> you know, you never know. Boris, same thing. You can look up in a business show guy and see Scott Boris talking. And you know how those guys are. I mean, Drew Rosenhaus wrote a book once that sharks never sleep. And and you just, I have no honest idea how Don Yee does business. Seriously. Like killer, easy guy to deal with, good guy, likable, fun. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it, uh, from what we ben know, pretty co- Ben pretty drama cordial, free. drama free would be the way he does his business, right? I don't know that you would call that professional necessarily because that would mean that you're saying Boris and Rose now are unprofessional, and that's not the case. No, it's they're just much game. more. They, they the zero zero emotion. It's all business. Absolute killers. Just will go to war where it feels like Don's like, hey, we'll meet you in the middle. We, we just want to do a deal. We don't want this. We don't negotiate often publicly, right? We're, we're Scott and no. Drew thrive in that environment. They well, want to get it ugly. Uh, did you see uh, Aaron Judge's that interview that from Aaron Judge that went viral, like at the Home Run Derby, when he was asked, you know, uh, did you see this interview uh-uh. where the reporter hit thirty seven today? Yeah, I know he's got seven more than anybody else in baseball. Uh, Marley Rivera, the reporter, was like, uh, you know, this little boy Jacob came up to me and said, "I don't want Aaron Judge to leave the Yankees." What do you say to that little boy? And Aaron's like, "Well, Jacob, I'll just say there's." A lot of other great players on this team uh, that you'll have, you know, a lot of fun rooting for, and I just hope you'll be a Judge fan forever. And I you feel like, like Aaron Judge is gone. That was a Scott <laughs> Boris answer, but he's not a Scott Boris client. I did a quick Google. I was like, is he a Scott Boris client? Because that's a Scott Boris answer, but he's not a Scott Boris client. But that's an answer that you—that's when you're playing the game. That's what you say, right? That's playing the game. That's a hell of an answer. I've not quite heard a guy say give that answer. Do you think he'd really hit 60 home runs, win the MVP, and leave? I mean, it sounds crazy, but he'd also get paid $500 million. And really, no baseball player, just from a pure wins and losses standpoint, is worth that. But no, you know, but it's more than that. You're, you, you, you're selling tickets. You're selling jerseys, TV ratings. Like, you're the highest-rated team in all of baseball. You know, he's your guy. You got the money. Like, yeah. They, low, they low-balled him. I mean, relative to him. Soto turned down 450. Couldn't use the team, the the chat or the charter. Well, that's why I don't understand. Like, who is trading for Juan Soto without a written contract that he signs with your team? Right? It's like you got to give up the form and then hope to sign him. Like, yeah, I ain't doing that. Well, he's got a couple years left on it. I think he. I don't think he's just. Is he a free agent? Free agent Juan Soto? I thought he's a true free agent. Is he a true free agent? I haven't checked. Yeah, because he can't. Because he came up at nineteen, so he's like twenty five. You know, he's in the uh, super two. What happened to a couple guy, a, a player recently, you know, in the last couple of years? It's like, how this guy hit free agency? At, oh, it's Harper. Just, be, you know, well, he came up to the big leagues at 19 years old. You know, he just immediately, his clock started. He was just so yeah. good. It's like, yeah, we don't, we can't even. He's just got to come. The Nats are terrible. Awful. Can you imagine? I mean, it never happens. In basketball, it's a max. So if I offer you a max, if you're declining, it's just because you don't want to play for my team and you know you're going to get a max Kevin Durant style somewhere else. In football, for the most part, when I offer you an astronomical amount of money and I draft you, whether my team's good or bad, for the most part, those guys sign. 
in baseball. It's like Aaron Judge kind of bet on himself, knows the market. Like, guys are getting 354, not as crazy, even though someone put a piece of paper with $213 million, and he said no. It is an entire another level of just operation. And I get Scott Boris, the piece of paper with $404 million, and you saying, nah, man, I'll, I'll wait another six months to see what's out there. <laughs> Part of it is you just play a sport where it's like, your head's not getting taken off every Saturday. I right? know, but like the uh, two thirteen would take some just some stones and balls. Four forty is in a completely different universe. Four forty. So four forty. You uh, Instagram once got bought for a billion, guy. A billion. Four forty. The, the Warriors got bought for like what? What was the Joe Lincoln price? Yeah, I think four sixty. So Soto does have. Here's the other thing that makes it crazy. He's got two years. He is not a free agent until after the 2024 season. So he's got arbitration. Oh, oh, I thought he was a free agent. So that makes it even crazier to turn down the money, right? Like, Okay, so it makes some sense why you're you're trading for him. Okay, I got you. But you still, like, yeah, I mean. 440. 440. I'm good. (laughs) I'll wait two years? Inflation, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Whether you sleep soft, whether you sleep on a firmer mattress, John sleeps on a, a 40. My sleep number is 55. Choose proven quality sleep from sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yep, guy. I I, uh, I went to Lake Tahoe last week and uh, a little Airbnb house in the water is cool. The bed was not very comfortable and I did not sleep great. You know why? Because as you know, as I know, as any sleep number listener knows, when you leave your bed, whether it's a hotel, Airbnb, go home with the parents, and that the bed they replaced with the bed that you used to sleep in with some shitty mattress, but they use nice sheets. So if a, people walk by it, it looks good, but it doesn't feel good. You don't get a good night's sleep. You come home to your sleep number and you sleep like a baby. You sleep, you know, like cats. Cats sleep about 20 hours a day. That's how you sleep. Like, I don't even want to get out of this thing. Sleep IQ data shows that sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology get 28 more minutes of restful sleep per night. That's 170 hours more per year. So get your evening right, you know, get your sheets right, get the sleep number, true temp bedding, maybe cool you down a little, get your ceiling fan going, get the air circulating, little splash of water. Quick, I'll tell you this a little, a cool shower before bed. Woo! Oh, it's all you need. Yeah, by choosing pro- proven quality sleep, guy, from Sleep Number, because every great day starts the night before. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Go get it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. So we were talking about some specific, like some big picture. There's a bunch. I was going, I went through the whole league um, schedule for uh, camp reporting this week. And um, was just kind of going through in my head, like what excites me about some of these. And and as I was going through, four of them kind of came together in the same category for me. And I think it's a great legacy season 
for four guys in particular, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Bill Belichick, Patrick Mahomes. And this is what's great for the league this year is these are some of the biggest characters in the show that is NFL football. So it's great for which the, is the Which is the number one television show in America. Which is the number one television show in America. 92 out of 100. Do you see that stat? Uh, of the top 100 shows, 92 are NFL games. Yeah. That's, That's pretty good. Pretty good business model. It is. <laughs> so I want to I want to run you through sort of these four. Russell Wilson, fork in the road for him. Patrick Mahomes loses Tyreek. Josh Allen, even Justin Herbert are trying to creep in on his territory. Belichick is trying to make it to the playoffs back to back years with Mac Jones in a loaded AFC with like 10 coaches on his coaching staff. And lost the Pack- Josh McDaniels. Lost Josh. And the Packers, who have major changes um, at the wide receiver group and the back-to-back MVP. I mean, Aaron is replacing Devontae Adams and Valdez Scatling. Lazard's back. Sammy Watkins. Christian Walk- Christian Watkins. Is it Watkins from North yeah, Dakota Yeah, it's Watkins. State? Yeah, I saw they just signed him. The Watkins-Watkins. Romeo Dubs. Remember that really productive receiver from Nevada? Like, there's some talk. Are the Packers going to add another receiver? Like, who? Okay. Julio? So I, yeah, Julio, I think it's a big year for Aaron. Not if it, I'm not saying if it doesn't go great, then it tarnishes his legacy. I think it's a big year for Aaron to prove like this team refuses to give me what I want. They're going to trade Devontae, use both picks on defensive players. I don't care. Watch me do it again. The Chiefs, I mean, for everything that Patrick Mahomes is, right? And he gets every bit of positive pub, their playoff loss was brutal, absolutely brutal. He's in his prime. He's 27 years old. Tyreek's gone. They got Juju and your boy Sky Moore. Their schedule is incredible. The first eight games they play, Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Bucks, Rams, Niners, Titans. So I think there's going to be some doubters this year for the Chiefs, and understandably so. It's a sneaky, um, tough back-to-back because the Cardinals Sunday – and then they play the first Thursday night game, Amazon Prime, with 17 former players hosting shows before. <laughs> Can't wait. Belichick, big flex year for him. AFC, I mean, you think about this in the AFC last year. These are the teams that missed the playoffs. Colts, Dolphins, Chargers, Browns, Ravens, and then even Denver, who won seven games. All those teams were between seven for Denver. The rest of them were between eight and nine wins. And the Pats made it at 10 and seven. The Ravens are back, and Denver, if Russell is just solid, should be right there in the mix, right? Well, and Russell's the other one, man. This team is the most interesting fork in the road in the league. 11th year, 33 years old. You'd think just when you look at great quarterback ages and the guys right now, like Aaron and Tom, that Russell should have, in theory, another four or five years of really, really high-level quarterback play. He had so much success early in his career. He wins the Super Bowl the second year, goes back in his third year, and his career was kind of set for him. It's like all-time great. Hall of Famer, nothing more to prove. He's won one playoff game in the last three years. And honestly, all the last season and into the early postseason, I kept saying, well, not all the last season, like the second half of the year, I'm going to bet on Russell. I think he's going to come back in great shape and have this bounce back here when everyone is counting him out. But I've seen him a couple times. He doesn't look like he's in the greatest shape of his life. Looked a little better SBs with Ciara with her boobs out. Um, you see that outfit she had on? I, I didn't. Yeah, I just saw it went. I saw the Kelly yeah. Stafford ring, yeah, photo. But um, he's got this unproven coach, and you know, if it doesn't go well, 
everything that we just assume Russell Wilson's career is going to look like, it could take a pretty significant turn for the worse. So I think those are a few four like fantastic storylines for this NFL season. If, if I rattled through all four, I, the one thing I, I'm with you on Mahomes. The only thing is he has so much life left. Now, when you're that famous, totally. every every year is so big, right? When you become Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, for example, every year is magnified. So everything Mahomes does is magnified. But to me, if I had to rank him, he would be last just because, like, let's say they went 8-9 and, and had a devastating Chiefs year. Like, when, on the, when you look back, like, you get one of those in your career. Not ideally, but like, nine and eight, let's say. Because he I mean, would say it, he, I would say this to your point. He has way more to gain than he has to lose. Yeah. The other ones, time's ticking a little bit on two of them. I mean, Belichick is over 70. His offensive coordinator is potentially going to be a combination of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. I'm shorting Belichick, not because I don't think he's not, knows what he's doing. I just think he ran out of bullets forever. He always had backup plans, right? From Bill O'Brien, and it was just perfect timing. Josh got fired, and he just recouped him, and they ran on the 10-year run. And then even he, Mac Jones kind of fell in his lap, and I, I think it's over. Like you, you cannot have your two – Matt Patricia, I saw Jeff Schwartz say, hasn't coached offensive line and since he was like an assistant 15 years ago, and that was for one year, and he was an offensive – like he played offensive line in college like 30 years ago. Like you can't just do that. Joe Judge ran through offensive coordinators when he was a head coach – because he couldn't coordinate. They're, they're fucked. Like, they're done. I, I think this is, I think the fork in the road for Belichick, and I would throw Pete Carroll on this, like, it's over. You know, and, and sometimes, now I wouldn't compare the two because Belichick is far superior to Pete, even though Pete's a legend. It just shows you how great Bill is. It's like, it's just over for those two guys, I feel. Because I don't think Bill can overcome those two guys coaching his offense, even if he kind of takes over the play calling. Because eventually, you still need guys to coach your offense. Joe Judge is the quarterback coach. The thing I would say about Green Bay, like Coward's big thing is he thinks Minnesota's going to win like 13 games this year. He thinks they're going to dominate. Now, a lot of his takes it's are always, an, an, well, it's just like anti-Aaron Packers. But like they, I think, won eight or nine games last year and had historically bad defense. Their defense was terrible. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins hated each other. But whenever you watch the Vikings, you're like, God, I got a lot of good players. Yeah. Now, Kevin O'Connell's third, you know, I don't think he's ever coordinated. You know, he, he worked for like McVay. Like he wasn't calling the play. So there's a big unknown. Because the one thing you would say with Cousins, their offense has been awesome. So if their defense is even better, like I do think that that division is somewhat open, but like that team's still going to be really good. Their defense is going to be awesome. People I know think the guys they draft in the first round, I know it wasn't a wide receiver, are just going to help their defense be really good. Their running backs are sweet. And I, I you know, I think Aaron. He, I mean, he's just the back-to-back MVP. Like, does anyone expect you to win three straight? But, like, even more than Mahomes, it feels like non-Tom Brady, like if Tom Brady is the most famous guy in the NFL, I think we'd all agree he is. If you just remove him, it feels like Aaron would be number two, even over Mahomes. Is that fair to say? Just older, been around longer, the Packers quarterback. Uh, it's a great, yeah. I think so. Like, it, I, I think if you just went like from it's, to, has had some controversy, which helps your awareness levels, right? Yeah. I mean, if you just went to the average nine-year-old football fan, everyone's going to know Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's going to. I mean, I would imagine he's like the Steph Curry of little kids. I think if you went from twenty-year-old guy to seventy-year-old guy, Aaron Rodgers would be number two. Just name recognition, understanding of his career, starting quarterback for the Packers. He's just a polarizing figure. 
I think, he, like Mahomes, he has a lot to game. Like, does he bounce back and fucking lead them to another 13 wins? See, so like, fuck, Devontae, you, how'd that go before you, buddy? <laughs> and make one of these random guys all of a sudden, you know, whether it be Sammy Watkins or the Watkins kid have a sweet year, they run the ball down people's throats. You know, the, who also would get credit there would be LaFleur again. And be like, actually, LaFleur's is pretty good. Him and you know how many games they won go. last year, John? 13. You know how many games they won the year before that? 13. And how about the year before that? He's won 39 games. 13. 13 the year before that. I remember there was a stat for a quick second, like LaFleur had almost as many wins in three years, you know, like two and a half years as Kyle had had through five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the numbers are numbers. No one's. So they're. I just think, again, not all of this means someone, when I say legacy, can get tarnished. I think it's a major opportunity this year for Aaron, who is just always one of the biggest stories in the league. It, it, to me, it's not as interesting because those teams, like everyone you mentioned, are good. And even the Patriots, like let's say they, like their bad would be seven, eight wins. Like their bad, their floor is still pretty high because of Bill. I do think the Pete Carroll like thing, like, I, you know, again, they're not going to be interesting if they royally suck, like to watch. But I just think, like, is Pete Carroll's career over? Because ultimately, let's just say, like, let's say the Patriots imploded and won four games. And Kraft's like, I've had enough. I just, I, I just can't do this old man. And we're just going to move on. I, I fully acknowledge we'll probably never get a good coach. It's just time. How many teams in the league would fucking hire a 71 year old Belichick immediately? A lot. I don't think the same can be said for like if, if both of them got fired slash like I quit and we broke up or whatever, however it went down, Belichick would have a shitload of options. Would Pete have one? I don't know if he would. Cause I think a lot of GMs and even a lot of owners, like his resume recently and the, the, the way the Russell Wilson stuff went like ultimately bill and Tom, like it was pretty fruitful. You know, it felt like God, is Russell just carrying Pete's ass for like five straight years. Like B, I, bill helped Tom a lot. I think you just said it. A GM would not hire him, right? Because Pete would not hire Pete. A GM wouldn't do it because Pete would want control. Maybe, maybe Carolina, if it goes poorly with Matt Rule, maybe that owner would go, I'm going to, you know, it's worked before with Pete. I'm going to go all, I'm just going to get a big name, big money guy. And, you know, maybe that would happen. I wouldn't recommend it, but maybe that would be the one place. I don't know. Yeah. Not crazy, given this. Give me a guy to just get the train on the tracks if they have a down year. Like, I just tried to swing for the fences. It was a disaster. Compete just every me day. Bring that shit Get over. me an NFL guy. Win, whatever. Win the day. Always compete. Always compete. Yeah. I mean, think who their GM is. Scott Fitterer, who worked with them forever. Just get us for a couple years. Yeah, that's basically true. Be like you a bridge have coach. A GM, though. There, right. Is Matt Rule in charge there? Yeah, it's, I think the owner is. The owner's in charge, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, But, anyway, that actually Fitterer makes probably a better – a better argument for it. And I, 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 you could throw Mike McCarthy in with Pete. Like, I, I think those two guys, given their fame, given their tenure in the NFL, obviously Mike is just, I mean, he's coached the Packers and the Cowboys. They're just going to be talked about, I feel like, negatively a lot. Those two coaches, negatively a lot. Mike already was last year. I, I think Pete really started to get it. Again, slowly got it. I think it's like it's going to come the McCarthy style, like last year to Pete. McCarthy's actually got it for a while, but you could argue Pete a little bit, like on Twitter. But I just mean like legitimate football people. Like, is this over? It's like, gone this from just the analytic, political community with Pete 
to just your casual fan is like, what, what is this? I, but I think for a lot of people, though, where Mike McCarthy is different than Pete is like for your average fan, the Cowboys have been relevant. The Seahawks, when it comes to like the postseason the last four years, have not been all that relevant, right? Yeah, I mean, they did. They beat the Eagles. They, they did host both. a playoff game two years ago, the COVID year, but lost in an empty stadium to Jerry. And their one playoff win was that bad game. You know, that they were both bad, them in Philly. Yeah, and, and Carson Wentz, remember, got a concussion like the second play of the game. And they, what's his name? The high school coach came in. And even he later said, like, I actually had a torn labrum, but I was like, shit, I'll go in. <laughs> yeah. So, so, no, pizza, there's a lot of great ones. I just think those those four are um, are big. And then, you know, we didn't even get into this stuff. We'll have all, you know, a lot of time to talk about. But Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. Um I can already see myself, John, week one of the preseason, pretending like I'm fired up, like actually forgetting what the preseason's like and getting excited to see. You know, Mike McDaniel's first preseason games against Tampa. Uh, not that Tom's going to be playing, but, you know, Sean Payton will be watching that game very closely. So I, I would guess all time, and I mean all, it's already been trending that way of just the preseason being a complete joke in terms of guys playing. And again, it's trended and trended and trended you would have to think it's only going to keep going that direction, right? Because remember, Bruce Arians made a comment last year. It was like Andy, Bill, Arians. There were like three or four coaches that played their starters for like a quarter, and the majority of the young coaches, LaFleur, McVay, didn't even fucking travel guys. It was like, what is going on? And Arians made a quote like, well, it looks like me, Andy, and Bill are still doing. Maybe, you know. Like what? Maybe we know something. Yeah, like, we weren't born yesterday, fellas. Like, everyone's acting like we're the idiots. Like, wh- what have they done that we haven't done? Interesting. You know? Yeah. So I, but I do think that, like, now Kevin O'Connell, Sala, like, I don't think we're just going to see, you're just not going to see guys play. I, the preseason I, sucks. I wonder if the NFL would benefit from everybody being extremely open. Like, even in the promotion, in the way they promote the preseason, here, these, these guys aren't playing. Here's this other quarterback. Like build up some backup. They, they have been better teams. about that, though. I think coaches. Yeah, well, you need like, to, McVay's been very open. Lafleur's been very open. I'm not just saying say we, our guys aren't playing, but say, hey, here's a guy who you've never heard of, kind of USFL or XFL style. Here's a guy you've never heard of before, but this week is his Super Bowl. Almost treat it like you know a USFL or XFL from a promotional standpoint. Like it's this guy's Super Bowl. He's playing three quarters of football this Sunday. It's his career on the line. You know, kind of start promoting the preseason that way. Almost like it's minor league but, game. Co- but coaches don't talk like that. No, no, no. Coaches wouldn't talk like that. But I wonder, you know, have you ever seen some of these promos for, like, these other leagues where it's like, uh, who's the tall quarterback that the Broncos drafted a few years ago? He was in the USFL. Remember Osweiler? No, no, no. Not Osweiler. Paxton Lynch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Paxton Lynch. And then you, like, do a graphic of, like, the 12 different places he's played since Memphis. And it's like, it all comes down to this. Sunday. The preseason. Paxton was on the USFL team. I don't know. Maybe he'll get signed as a camp arm. Yeah, I just think this is going to be the worst preseason yet to date, and it's only going to keep trending that way. So you just basically got to watch the Patriots. I don't even know. Todd Bowles might be a little different than Arians. The Patriots, Andy. Kyle, remember last year a little bit. Like Kyle's an old soul. (laughs) What's Mike McDaniel going to do? That'll be interesting. Like Tyreek ain't playing a snap. Tyreek, still podcasting. Tyreek's yeah. got a podcast that day about the Chiefs. 
Like, do you expect to see much in the preseason, just in general? No, no. I know we got to get through the preseason, but I've just like I I I used to build up, and then I've just seen the way these guys act. Like, and in fairness to them, they do all these joint practices now, so they 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 get the work. It's not like they're skipping a step. In their mind, we get the work in the joint practices. The Bosa brothers, the Trent Williams, Kittle, yeah, Dolphins, yeah, Eagles. I mean, the, the, the Niners are be, at a point. You, you know what? To your point, like maybe the hype is belongs on the joint practices. Like Dolphins Eagles will get a lot of attention. Tua and just Philly always gets a ton of attention. That's a joint practice. That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. Uh, Raiders Pats. Uh, Giants. I think Jets. The, do you know what's a pretty good one? Is Niners Angles, Vikings? Rams. Yeah, Niners, Niners Vikings. Vikings. Not bad. Like who's good. who's I guess Ward and Justin Jefferson. Like can Ward slow them down? Uh, Chargers Cowboys. How about joint practice? Bengals Rams. Raiders, Patriots. See, I've got Browns, Eagles. Are the Eagles doing multiple joint practices? I would imagine they do. Because, again, you do the multiple joint practices. You don't and have Bucks, to do anything in preseason. Dolphins. So, Dolphins do Bucks and must be before that first game. And then they also do the Eagles. Well, see, you had, and I know you've talked about this before, the NFL kind of does it, but I think they could do a much better job of packaging the programming. Like, the preseason games suck. We all acknowledge that. The season ticket holders acknowledge it. The coaches acknowledge it at this point in time, not always with their words, but through their actions. The joint practices do not. Remember some of these, like, these guys are going at it. You see it a lot on Twitter, like, God damn, I wish I was there. Throw that shit on the fucking TV. You know, just like one-on-ones. But Joey Bosa and Tyron Smith, boom, at night. And you can just have go around the league of just all the joint practice highlights. You're well, fine with it all. How about Amazon Prime? How about Apple Plus? Yeah. How about stream? There's a million ways you can NFL. do it. NFL.com. My like app, you my have NFL these app. two teams. Like I, I, I can even understand the first couple of days when the pads come on are cool, but like after a while, it's like you have the multiple teams. Don't want our these, schemes these out matchups. There, what? Don't want our schemes out there. So but it's out there. But, but once you're practicing against another team, like there's no excuse. Yeah. Right. But the film's not out. But the other team has access to it, access to it. They have the film. Yeah. So it's basically the entire league has it because they can tell anybody whatever they want. You know. I assume you do a lot of the same stuff against each other than in, uh, in the that game, would be what I game. would. I would push for if I just told you tonight at seven o'clock on Fox on Wednesday night is an hour worth of highlights from ten joint practices. Do you think that would get a million people to watch? Because I do. <laughs> you know, How coming up in watch? ten minutes, Justin Jefferson against uh, you know the yeah. Niners corners. Well, how about this? Coming up in ten minutes. Niners, the highlights from the Niners, the best plays from the team of Niners, Vikings, and Chargers, Cowboys. Every throw Trey Lance made against the Vikings defense. Fuck. It's not that difficult. Programming geniuses. We got you, Raj. I know you made $78 million last year, but. Oh, sorry. Fire you up. We just got fired up for joint practices. <laughs> On the practice field, do you put them in the stadium then? Uh, well, you need you just don't have enough room. That'd be the one thing. You know, you got eight million drills going on at once. People yeah. where you need coming them. up in 10 minutes, red zone drills. <laughs> yeah. Right. What if you just called it the red zone of joint practices? All the highlights. People cut it up. You know, you got it. Good NFL luck to the Chris Hansen. Like, uh, all right, number 67's out at wide out. Honestly, you don't even really need you, you just need the lot. audio from the practices. 
Yeah, you probably don't. It doesn't even need to be that. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be that big of a production. It's a great idea. Jets have Atlanta in practice. We could skip that one. Is that what somebody said on the chat? Yeah, Jets Falcons. A lot of Jets fans in the chat on this uh, stream, which is fine. All are welcome. Uh, Any good ones I missed? I mean, Broncos, Cowboys. You told me that wouldn't get some eyeballs, those highlights? So they, the, the Cowboys have two pretty sweet joint practices, and the Broncos and the Chargers are the two joint practices? Yep. That's. Do you remember when the Raiders and, and Cowboys joint practice like seven years ago and there was that brawl that spilled over into the fans and helmets were getting thrown? And it was just, it looked like an old school Did baseball Did a fan swing a helmet at a player? Was it no, like I think it, it. I think it originally started like player player, but it was legit like taking swings, and it got close. Well, I think the fan grabbed grabbed one the player and was holding them back so the other player could hit them. I mean, it was Raiders Cowboys. Just I, I think they scrapped that uh, that idea a while ago. Cowboys fans, <laughs> am I right? Oh man, you got to watch out for those crazy sobs. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we have? do? We have another another. Uh... Another topic right here? Yeah, I think we'll get another topic in before we get to Indeed, right? Still got Devontae to talk about. I mean, we could fire through Indeed really quick. John, let's tell the people about our friends. At Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed's doing something no other job site has done. Now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. That's it. No one else has done it. Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring right now. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I think Indeed separates itself from the pack is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. No other job site takes care of you like Indeed because when in, with Indeed, you only have to pay if an applicant meets your job requirements. It's not just you pay for every applicant. You only pay for the guys and girls that you want who f- would fit under the umbrella of what you're looking for. And that's the key. We're all looking for the right help, whether it's administrative, whether it's salespeople, whatever it is. But you have specific needs, right? If you're an NFL team, not every NFL team, Kyle Shanahan asks his wide receivers to do different stuff than Andy Reid does, right? You're not looking for the same thing. You need different attributes in different humans to dominate for your business. So Indeed's doing something that no other job has done. So now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash ham. Start hiring right now. Just go to indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. Indeed. So I think under discussed, maybe storyline of last year. And uh, I was thinking about it, thinking about Niners camp starting up this week about George Kittle. You know, with all the attention on the quarterback situation, all the attention on Debo. George Kittle's had pretty easily to define in his career three big years, two big, big years, 2018 and 2019, when he really burst onto the scene. And then last year was actually statistically his third best year in terms of production. But I think we'd agree, even last year when he was fantastic for them, it felt like he wasn't quite the focal point that he'd been offensively in years past. Would you agree with that at his peak? Well, I think Debo had a historic season, took it away the shine. 100%. But, uh, you know, Tyree Kill and uh, uh, Kelsey did it together. Jason yeah. Kelsey did it together, right. Would you agree that Kittle kind of took a backseat to Debo last year? Which, to your point, Debo was historic. Yeah. 
But one of my questions for this year, it was la- if last year with George Kittle, that's fine. That is a e- easier to do it with Mahomes swinging around. I mean, Jimmy had some limitations. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He's and Debo's historic year came with him handing him the ball, basically. He still was a historic uh, – uh, he still had one of his best years last year, Pro Bowl player last year. But in 2018 and 2019, forget about just the raw numbers. We had 88 and 85 catches. The Niners in both of those years had the identical number of team completions, 331. So Kittle was 26, almost 27% of the team's catches in 2018. He was almost 26% of the team's catches in 2019. Last year, that was down about 6%. He was 20% of the team's catches, which is fine. Honestly, when you think about it, you don't, this is one of the guys you don't want to overwork and overexpose. And he does so much in the run game. But I think one of my questions this year is, is George Kittle a pro bowl level player? And I don't think he has changed necessarily. I think part of it, the way they play and who else gets the ball, but tight ends can be a young quarterback's best friend. And I think one of the questions, does George Kittle get back to that? Undeniably one of the most dominant players in the league kind of the way he was in 1819. I do think George reflects a little bit of the Niners. Like ultimately the Chiefs were like a basketball team. It felt like three or four guys just kind of carried the squad and then they had a bunch of randoms. Now that's not necessarily fair. Like most people didn't talk about Chardavius Ward and he got $45 million from the 49ers. Like they have other, you can't be that consistently good, but they felt like a top-heavy squad, like the Rams. But same deal, I bet if we really dove into the Rams, a lot of their role players are actually really good if they were free agents, they get paid. The Niners, to me, reflect like kind of an old-school, true football team. Now, again, they have star players, and George is one of those. But I think he kind of blends in. I thought our guy, I was DMing with, with Juice because Madden gave him like a 73 rating and like called his hands, I think, not great. But I think it's like, ultimately, it's funny. And I, I would imagine he's probably a little pissed. Like, fuck you guys. I mean, what Are you guys just not even trying on this one? Because it's not true. I mean, Juice, if you had to give his hands for a fullback, it would have to be like, at minimum, high 80s, right? He has the best hands. There aren't that many fullbacks. He has fantastic hands. Like, I mean, fantastic hands. And his speed, like, his number should be really high. But I think they kind of fly under the radar because they, they, they're not the prettiest team the way they play. Yeah. Their defensive players don't necessarily like Bosa gets a lot of credit. Fred, when he's playing well, gets a lot of credit. But like, Williams gets a lot of credit. He does, but it's he just he's just a 99. But you don't how much you really say about a left tackle. Biggest freak ever. Like there's only so much you can say. Their offensive guys, Debo scored a lot of touchdowns, so he did. The George was an integral part of what they did, but a lot of his is blocking. We're like ultimately Kelsey and Waller and Mark Andrews, like. For those guys to dominate, they have to catch 80, 90 balls, score a bunch of touchdowns. Like for George to dominate, he can have a dominant year with his star fullback, and th- neither one of those could, could touch a ball all game long, and they could win a game by 20 points. And George would be like, we just, me and, we fucking dominated. And that to me is where George falls into that category of like, he's really more, it, it's weird because he is so fast. He's a dynamic offensive player, right? but he doesn't have to do that to dominate. It's actually kind of reflective of the program that he comes from. Like he is like, if you told me like, what's the ultimate Iowa football player, it's like guy that doesn't even need that much credit to win, to be a winning football player. Cause he's tough. He's physical. Now, George is also built kind of like an Oklahoma guy. Cause he can fly. You could, you could throw go routes to him if you wanted to. Then I just had a quarterback that struggled to do that. And maybe that changes now. Uh, but 
I, I think it actually speaks to how great of a talent George truly is because he can dominate on the line of scrimmage. I mean, Gronk was like that for a long period of time. Like he didn't yeah. need to score a touchdown in the game to dominate. So that part, I agree with you. I mean, that part's not even a debatable. It's just a fact. But also, I they added Ayuk, you know, and they added Ayuk's Ayuk. emergence. But I do think even if the volume is down, like the number of catches, part of them winning, winning playoff games, winning champion, competing for a championship, winning a division, all that kind of stuff. We've seen it. We saw it last year. George has to have big moments for them because he is a mismatch, right? Like, he can do different things, and that's part of what makes him dangerous is you end up in bad matchups with him. He ends up with guys on him that can't defend him. He's a big target. He's physical after the catch. He uh, His presence on the field doesn't tell you anything about what the Niners are going to do offensively. So you still do need a lot of production from him because part of his value is that he does two things at an elite level, and you you need to get the most out of him to get the, the ball catching at an elite level from him, right? Like, two catches a game from George Kittle, three catches a game. Obviously, that's not what his numbers have been. That's not what I'm saying he's going to do. But that is when he's blocked really well and has three catches, you have underutilized George Kittle that day. Yeah. Right? If he averages four for, for the season, though, that's, you know, what, 70 catches, whatever, four times 17. Now, you could also say he's historically not played full seasons. Yeah, but I, I would say if he ha- averages four catches a game, like are you underutilizing his ability a little bit if he only touches the ball four times a game? But Kyle likes to run the ball a lot. They have two other star wide receivers. You know, it's just there's not an I, look, unlimited. Like this gets back to Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller for a long period of time, is they didn't have that many other options. Like the Niners, and part of the Niners' other true option is like Kyle will run the ball thirty times a game. Yeah, and to me, George is a is their second best lineman when they run the ball. Trent's well, one. If he, he's if he plays at that at that pace for the rest of his career, he'll have a great career and maybe win a championship, and he'll probably be a Hall of Famer, one of the most unique tight ends of all times. But we, he will not have put up the numbers that is reflective of his ability. Then I would bet on him not putting up the numbers once when it's all I, done for the Niners. When I think in 2018 and 19, he put up the numbers that were reflective of his ability. Now, he part of numbers up, right? How many looked. touchdowns did he have in those two seasons? Um, oh, good question. I'm because guessing it would. They were uh, five. He's never, five. Yeah, he's never he been actually had sneaky game. more touchdowns last year than he had in either. He had six touchdowns last year. Yeah. So that I mean, they've gone to multiple NFC championships with him, five and six, right? Where you, where I bet when you look at Travis Kelsey, he's had some. He can't have a five touchdown season and have a great team. Well, it's just it's not possible, you know. They, but he also Andy doesn't run the ball and he doesn't run block. So like Travis Kelsey, ten, I guess not as crazy, but yeah, I mean for the last since Patrick Mahomes began starting, eight. 10, 5, 11, 9. So, I mean, he's his his down year was 5. It's basically 8, 9, 10, 11. What's that? 20, uh, 30, 38. I mean, he's averaging 9 touchdowns a season. 38 so touchdowns in how many years? 38 touchdowns. You know, four of his last five seasons, I'm saying he's had 38 touchdowns. So, in those four seasons, he's averaging about 9. And Georgia's had 18. Yeah. In that, in that same stretch. Yeah, Travis. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In eight seasons, he has 57 touchdowns. And the other thing, Travis, to just, I, and maybe this is part of blocking and the, the physical toll. I mean, beside that first season, Travis has only missed a couple games. He just doesn't miss time. Yeah. And, and, and I think Andy and those guys will tell you, like, 
we can't afford to have him be gone. He's, and George has played one full year. And the Niners have – it's hard. I'm not saying you want to miss him, but they can't function without him. Jordan on the stream says that's why the best tight end argument goes in circles. You have heavy touchdown guys like Kelsey versus elite blockers, less TDs, Kittle. I think if you could draft from scratch – at both 22 years old, you would draft Travis Kelsey above George Kittle. You know, the, if you gave all the NFL GMs the opportunity to draft, Travis Kelsey would go number one. I do think George Kittle, just based if it did like MVP voting, would probably go number two. But I think pretty easily Travis Kelsey would be the number one pick if you could get both guys at 23 years old, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, but I, I, also, I love George Kittle. I would take Travis Kelsey. Now, if my coach I, was Kyle Shanahan, I, I would take but, George. See, and that's the thing is like, I think anybody could take George. Like, if you gave Andy Reid George Kittle, George Kittle would not block as much and would have more catches and more touchdowns. He would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it was just. He would put up better receiving numbers. Like, but again, I'm when I, when I take Travis over him, Travis is there's a decent chance he goes down as a top two or three tight end of all time. You could argue he's already in the mix, right? No, no, I, I, I I'm not saying you're picking the wrong guy. I'm just saying George on that team would maximize his receiving ability. Yes. George would put up bigger numbers and maybe get hurt less. I don't know. Although he gets like if hurt, you, if you gave Travis or if you gave George Kittle to an Arians offense in Andy's offense, in just some of the spread it out, throw it around offenses. Yeah, he would, he would Cliff Kingsbury. Can you imagine him? He'd just use him in the slot. He'd just be their slot tight end slash receiver. And they're really good in the red zone. Arizona. Well, who did they, who, who did they get and signed again? Was Ertz. Who would you rather have? I'll take George. And Ertz is a fantastic player. But Niners were uh, 64% red zone touchdown percentage last year. Fourth best in the NFL. The one problem they have, I think, red zone from a throwing perspective is George. I guess Jawan now. I mean, their two star wide receivers are small guys. Yeah. Small. Well, they run order. the ball. Yeah. I'm saying from a passing standpoint. That Trey Lance is a bigger threat in the red zone now, right? Like when the, the when, when the Bucks get in the, in the red zone, what do they have? They have humongous guys. You just play basketball. The Niners kind of have to scheme. And bowling ball Lenny. Well, I mean, it's, it's, they've been in camp for whatever, like down? five, six days. Well, I mean, I would say 260 is a priority, 254, you know? Old school NFL. Like, I rehab and I lose my weight in camp. I'm you ever think, safe like, if, the you're the, if you're that guy and you go to, like, uh, you know, the cafeteria, are people looking at you when you kind of walk by the uh, the frozen yogurt section? Like, oh. like, are you allowed to get this? Or Chicken fingers today. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh. I think a lot of those, I remember Andy telling me that they – I was like, oh, you guys still do fast food Fridays? He's like, you know, disappointing to tell you. We are the trainer. We scrapped those. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't even give you the option anymore. I'll tell you this. Freshman year in the uh, in the dorms, there was no judgment. It was just Fruit Loops no. and chicken fingers and a turkey sandwich all in the same meal. <laughs> I didn't put on the freshman what a year because I was already fat when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a time. What a time. Good time to be alive. Uh so uh, there was this quote, John, Devontae Adams on CBS Sports. Anytime you change quarterbacks from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, which is a funny quote. Even if you accept the premise that both Rodgers and Carr are Hall of Famers, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Um, is a funny line to add anytime you switch from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. Because if you switch from a Hall of Famer to a scrub, it's also going to be an adjustment. But I, I I did not see him say this, but I would imagine if you if we found the video, he was pretty serious when he said this. I don't think he's joking around in his mind. Now, I, 
do I truly believe like if if he had to like for his NFL career was on the line and like fill out a ballot? Does he truly believe this? Or is this just a good reflection of one thing the Raiders have really lacked? It feels like is just super, super high level guys. And it's always falling on Derek, you know, their owner, all the shit going on. It's like they hire this female president and everyone's thinking like, do they just do this to get everyone off the scent? Like that's the first reaction. I'd like, God, look at the Raiders. It's like, yeah, do the Raiders just do this to try to get everyone to not think Mark Davis was sexually assaulting people, screaming at people, whatever the hell was going on. I mean, they just fired a bunch of people. There's always something going on with the Raiders, right? And Derek, and we, you and I have always defended him this, like he has been underpaid for what he's had to carry on, on and off the field for that organization. Hell, just last year is a great example. Rugs killed, immediately Derek talks. Gruden fired, immediately Derek talks, right? It's just always Derek. It's Mark's nowhere to be found. Throw some stupid-ass statement on Twitter like anyone gives a fuck. No, Mark. Derek, the mic's in front of Derek and their interim coach. It's always him answering the bell. He, he is a high-level guy, and he's dealt with a lot. From a football standpoint, he's not even close. I mean, it's, and everyone acknowledges that. I do wonder, though, if you just add Devontae to the mix of just like, he's just kind of an uplifter. Now, he's biased. It's like he's known the guy for a decade. It's one of his best friends. But I do think it also reflects of like, they don't have a lot of high-level guys historically the last 20 years. They, they just do not. They have been... They have been one of the laughing stocks, and part of that is because coaches and players have, have struggled for a lot of the period of times. And now it feels like, you know, Hunter Renfro, they've added some Max Crosby seems like a a good stalwart of your organization, and he did a really good job. I remember last year in some of the tumultuous times speaking out. Uh, Waller, in, incredible story. Devontae's on a whole nother level because he he is a Hall of Fame player right now. Like he, Devontae's going to the Hall of Fame, and you, you just he's just kind of an uplifter. Like, I, that was my take, like, I, it's it's an LOL, like, give me a fucking break. But it's also like, you traded a lot. Two teams traded a lot. One got Tyreek Hill, and the other got Devontae Adams. Tyreek feels like he just wanted to be back. No state income tax, Florida, hanging out with his boys, podcasting. Devontae feels like, I'm on a mission to, to fucking dominate with this new team and show everyone with my guy and with this franchise. And I am now, like, let's face it. Who's the most famous guy on the Raiders right now? I mean, Josh? Devontae? Yeah, from a player standpoint, I think you could argue it's Devontae Adams. He's the best player on the Raiders for sure. The last time the Raiders... Think about this. The last time the Raiders did a crazy-ass move, they added Antonio Brown, who was the, immediately the best player. He, I don't think he ever played a snap past, you know, OTAs. I don't think he ever did it. One thing... In, I might have done a couple things in training camp. Can't quite remember, but like that's what you know. I think there were some videos of him in training camp on the field. Maybe you're right. And then he stormed off and he quit. Oh yeah, because the helmet, th- the helmet thing. Then once the feet got good, then the helmet wasn't good. But th- th- that to me is the Raiders, and Devonte is the polar opposite of that. Devonte comes from a high level organization. He's he's actually the least drama of his Hall of Fame combination of him and Aaron Rodgers. Like he was the consistent one. And I, I just think that because it's not true. Like Derek, Derek's not even remotely close to being a Hall of Famer, right? He's not even on that trajectory. Do you he's agree not that? on that trajectory. I do agree with that. But I, so a couple things like, but he's got a lot of career left. He's 30 yeah, years old. I, and I think that's maybe that's part of what Devante is saying, right? Because if you really challenged Devante, if somebody in that interview, it was with uh, Jacina Anderson and Bryant McFadden, if, if they'd stopped him and said, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
are you calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer, right? If they'd said that to him, I would guess some of Devontae's answer would have been, well, just wait and see what we're about to do. We got the one of the best – we got a top three offensive play caller now for our head coach. I'm here now, and we're going to get the most out of Derek. I think he's got it in him. Now we're going to go out there and prove it, right? That would be kind of his answer, which to your point is like you're pumping up your own guy. You are being an uplifter. It's an organization that historically on the field, but definitely behind the scenes, has uh, built from within. That's the way you say it when it's a good organization. When it's a bad organization, you say, yeah, they never go outside the organization. They just promote from the inside because everyone you want everyone to keep the skeletons right, like in-house, keep the circle tight. Yeah, it's one thing to like funny. It works both ways. Like good organizations, they all they, they promote like Davo Sweeney, they just promote from within, man. They got a great thing going, right? McFay, well, it's like, yeah, Shanahan. it's like from the mailroom to CEO. Well, does the CEO Jeff Bezos or was the CEO Mark Bedane? You know, it's like exactly. So I, I think it's a pretty part of them not having anybody else to really kind of represent the organization than Derek is you haven't added guys from the outside who come in with equity, with pelts on the wall, with experience, and have chosen to be there. And by choosing to be there, they send a message to everybody else that this is a place that is up to the standards of a person whose standards are really high. Right? When Devontae Adams says, I want to be there, we go, holy shit, he's played with Rodgers for the Packers, one of the most stable organizations in the sport. And he's kicked ass one games. He knows what it takes. Josh McDaniels, the highest standards of the highest standards, the New England Patriots, the, one of the greatest franchises in the history of sports. He was there through almost all of it. He's saying, this is where I want to be. That sends a message to everybody, right? It's hard when it's only people from the inside going, no, 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 we're good, we're good. We go, yeah, you would say that. You're on the inside. But when guys from the outside come, I think it sends a message. Now, they have to deliver. But, you know, Devontae – now, it, would Devontae be there if him and Derek weren't good friends? I don't know. Maybe he would. But – Like if they're – let's just say – let's just pick a rant. Like if Kirk Cousins was their quarterback, yeah, you know, if, I, I would say probably not. Right. So I think part of – But who cares? Like Derek was his buddy and he's there, right? No, no. I, yeah, to me the reason I care is like – if Der- if Devontae Adams wouldn't be there if not for Derek Carr, then Derek Carr gets credit for being a guy that one of the best receivers in the NFL, who's also a high-level guy, wants to play with, right? Josh McDaniels, if Josh McDaniels took that job in part because Derek's the quarterback, Derek gets some credit for Josh McDaniels going, I want to coach this guy. So from that standpoint... Again, like- Devontae and Derek haven't played together since two thousand, the fall of 2013. So he has maintained a friendship from 2000, basically the fall of 2013 up until, you know, whatever, early 2022. And Devontae's watched this game since then, right? Yeah. Like it's it, it, to sustain a friendship in situations like this, like how many times around football do you guys play together in college? But over time, like, yeah, that guy wasn't as good, or, you know, he might still be my friend. I wouldn't mortgage my paycheck on that, right? This is, he truly believes that. And he, He's seen it like it doesn't get that much better than Aaron Rodgers. And even Devontae's not dumb enough. Like, I, well, let me rephrase that. Devontae's not like too biased enough with Derek to realize how great he's at it with Aaron, right? Like, I mean, he's fuck, he's thinking about the division he's in. He's seen firsthand the other teams, right? Like, he's had it, he's been in, you know, the Ritz. The, the 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 PJs of uh, flying. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 gone pretty smoothly. Now, he deserves a lot of credit too, but I'm just saying at his position, you can work as hard as you can, you can master the craft. You need the guy to get you the ball. And that guy got on the ball literally right in his hands every fucking time. And I think he believes Derek can do that not long ago. And and Aaron 
excuse me, Warren buddies with this guy too, but Devontae's very close to them. Derek's close to them because they're all kind of intertwined. James Jones used to call this guy Aaron Rodgers kind of light, Jr. Now, obviously that hasn't come to fruition, but Derek can make throws to make Devontae look great. But I, you talk about pressure earlier on, Mahomes, those guys. I do think there's a lot of pressure. Like, there's no pressure on Devontae. Like, we know he can get open on anyone in the league. There's a lot of pressure on Derek to get this done. And I know the contract didn't guarantee him that much, but he's not going anywhere for a couple of years. But Devontae's got to keep looking like a star. And that's not on Devontae. It's on Josh a little bit because he's the coordinator, but I've seen Josh coordinate. Like, it works. There's a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. Well, I think I agree with you. And I think part of in a division Derek that's hard in a division that's really tough. Part of the Derek Carr discussion for several years, the argument that goes back and forth is it's you can often say, like, look at this organization. How can we blame? We can't blame him for everything, right? And now a lot of the excuses that have been legitimate, sometimes excuses are legitimate reasons. And I think a lot of times with the Raiders, they've been legitimate reasons. He has been on the balance, a net positive for the organization by a major wide margin, right? He's been one of the best things, the most consistent things the Raiders have had since they drafted him. One of the best decisions they've made since his draft year was drafting him. If he would not have existed and they just would have ran through random quarterbacks, they would have consistently drafted in the top two or three. They'd be worse off had they not drafted Derek Carr. Way worse off. Way worse off. But now they've got him the thing that everyone has kind of hoped they would get him. I think there's a difference too. Like Jimmy, for example, is very reliable as a human. He's tough. You know, he can lead a really good team. He does not like have the physical characteristics of Derek. And I think part of the reason I think Derek frustrates some people is like physically he is pretty gifted, right? His arm, his athletic He's ability. He's an elite NFL gift quarterback. Maybe not tier one. I, I would say he's. To me, he's yeah. tier two. I mean, his own. Well, like, yeah. Well, he, he's way, he's yeah. He's way more talented than the cousins, than the than the Dax. You know, than a lot of guys making forty plus million. He he has a way better arm than Deshaun Watson. You know, that's. But now, like, there is it's here. You got Josh Waller, Renfro, Devonte. Time to shine, and you can go well. The offensive line. Well, I've saw. A lot of good quarterbacks overcome questionable offensive line play. Now, if it's horrendous, worst offensive line in the league, like I'm not putting that on him. But if it's middle of the pack, like there's no like he doesn't have a couple great guards. Well, fuck Peyton Manning, you can't name the majority of his guards. Like it's part of being not every once you start could, getting though. forty million, Peyton could. But you know that's part of being a great quarterback. Like and that's part of Josh. Um, I'm actually pretty. I, I think the last year the NFC West was awesome. I think the AFC West is just you. You can't tell me a game of, of one of the four matches of playing each other, and I'm like, I gotta watch this thing. I know Raiders Broncos, Chiefs Chargers, Chargers Broncos, Raiders Chiefs. You know, it's just it's big time football. It is with a ton of pressure. Everybody and the the least to lose, just given their equity. Would I mean the Chiefs are just? I mean they've been in four straight AFC championships. They went to multiple Super Bowls. They've won the division seven straight times. I'm not saying it won't be disappointing if they are the seventh wild card or somehow miss the playoffs, but they have just done the most over the last decade, right? There is. I mean, if any of the other three teams miss the playoffs, it's a disaster, right? No, no way around it. it just two of them could fire their coaches conceivably, right? Denver or the Chargers could fire their coach if they miss the playoffs. Raiders would not. Raiders would not. But Chiefs obviously would not. I mean, the, the Chiefs are the only organization where nothing would really change. Yeah, nothing. 
depends how Derek looks. Maybe they, you know, I don't, I don't know. Nothing. I think at minimum he's getting two years. Yeah, I don't think anything's changing with them either. But, but if I tell you Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback fifteen years, he's been basically whatever eight nine years now. I think it's nine. He's going into year nine probably. That which seems crazy. I mean, that's he's been playing you know five years of Fresno State. Like this guy's been playing football now. You know, pretty like his career's like three year old anymore. Is like if I tell you he's going to be on the Raiders for fifteen years, like you would you would probably tell me like they have some success these next couple of years, right? Yeah, sorry, I was just counting up his uh, years, year nine, going in, going into year, going nine. in year nine. Yeah, so him and Jimmy G going into year nine. That's a that's a long career, and obviously Derek's Derek's a lock to get to fifteen years, a lock, right? Because he's got two more years with the Raiders. He would be a starter for someone else. Like Derek Carr is going to be a 13, 14 year starter. Worst case scenario, if you were a betting man, you'd say, well, if he stays healthy, things go relatively well. Is, is he a 16, 17 year NFL starter? He's going to, his skills will, will age well, right? Yeah. He, think about this. He was third in the MVP voting his third year in the NFL. Say what you want about Reggie McKenzie, and he had a lot of misses. If you get a 15-year NFL starter in the second round, that is as good of a pick as you can make in the NFL, right? Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is a fantastic pick. Derek Carr blows it out of the water. He started every game since he showed up. And he honestly, beside a broken ankle, he doesn't miss any time, right? He hurt his yeah, back I mean, and he missed a couple games. And but and he got he pulled the, what's it called? The one game, that the word I struggle to say, growing. Oh, his groin. And, uh, <laughs> But other than that, like Derek has been very, very durable. You know, it's not one of those where you can always miss in time. Like ultimately, Jimmy, he's like, well, how many games he really played? <laughs> I mean, Derek's Derek's going to rack up a lot of NFL games. It's going to be one of those like Derek played in 275 NFL games when his career ends. He's missed two starts plus that playoff game, two regular season starts, and I, we'd have to go back and look. Well, I guess he, he really didn't miss the Charger game that he got injured because he started that game, right? He missed the weeks, the the last game of the 16 season. That was the one he got hurt in, right? Or he got hurt at the end of that. He got, he got hurt in the hurt Colts the game. game. Then he missed the Broncos game when McGloin looked like the uh, worst quarterback you've ever seen. I thought he was going to pull it off that day, John. That was a massacre. <laughs> I was watching a lot of Raider football. <laughs> Post game live, John Middlecoff, another lifetime. And then he missed a game uh, in seventeen. That was it. It's it's just we were at the Olympic Club yesterday playing with uh, the Healy's. I mean Matt Healy, six year old best golfer I've ever seen. His son Drew, I think, listener to the podcast. Like I said, it mentioned that he, growing up he was a basketball player and played all through high school. Because I asked him how long he'd been playing golf, he said just focus on it lately. But he's not a bad player either. He said he always had ankle problems. And then we started talking about Steph Curry, and it is just. There are times in people's career, like some guys are just durable their whole career, right? Like a Eli Manning. They just you just never really get hurt. Philip Rivers, the occasional injury, but like, you just never even think about it. And then there are just some guys that have these injury, like, is this injury going to derail the guy's career? And it just never does. Somehow Curry overcame it. Derek had that devastating ankle injury, you know, came back and it was a little weird early on. And now just the last four or five years, just been a normal player. You don't even think about it. Just every game, Derek Carr is going to be there. And there is something to be said, and this is why ultimately the Niners had to pivot off Jimmy. If When I invest in my quarterback, I never ever, besides some freak deal, have to worry like, is this guy going to stay healthy? Like Kirk Cousins. 
Kirk Cousins is the Vikings quarterback. He never misses a fucking game. It, it doesn't even cross their mind, right? Kirk Cousins is going to start every single game. Good or bad, I don't know. Say what you want about Russell Wilson, just every game. It takes a freak mallet finger or even Dak, like, breaks his ankle, right? But other than that, like, every game, I need to be able to rely on you. I think this was the first year Russell missed a start. First ever start this year, mallet finger. And then came back because, what was it? Did he pray to God and have the sun on his finger or something special? What was the thing? Oh, uh, 23 hours a night of uh, rehab. Oh, that's right. That's right. 23 hours a day of rehab. (laughs) Whatever it was, it was just, you know. If I text you a phone emoji, you know I'm dialed in. But I do think the, when, when you don't miss starts throughout your entire career, even into the league that's, let's face it, not quite as physical, the 85 Bears aren't walking through that door, it does mean that like you are a dependable player. Well, I do think it's one of the – to transition the conversation, I'll say this about Trey Lance. Like, I don't think Trey Lance has to be some Pro Bowl-level player for the quarterback for the Niners to win this year, but I do think he's got to be available. And I do want it is one of my questions of the 2022 San Francisco 49ers. Will Trey Lance start every game? Will he be healthy enough to start every game? That's one of my questions. If you said, let's just make a list of questions, it's not some top 10, just let's all the things we wonder about this Niner team. If is Trey, I don't wonder, honestly, is Debo going to be there week one? I don't really wonder about that. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up playing for them or be on the roster? I don't wonder about that. Is Trey Lance going to start every game, healthy enough to start every game? I, Without really thinking about the list, probably one of the top five questions I have. Probably a bigger question than like, is Trey Lance gonna throw at least 15 times? Whatever. Like, I don't I think he's gonna be fine enough for them to be competitive. How good he is, that's the, one of the biggest questions in the NFL this year. But is he healthy enough to just start every game? I think it's one of the major questions of this season. And it's not some indictment of him. It's just he didn't play a lot last year. He got hurt one of the times he played. Well, you know what he feels like? In, in this, anyone listening that follows like a college program very closely, especially a big time college football program, like whenever you get a new starter, like what's he going to look like? How's it going to go? And just like, is this guy going to be our guy for the next couple of years? And you don't truly know. Like, there's just a lot of wondering with this guy. It's like CJ Stroud will transition in from Justin Fields. And then like three games, and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Clemson is a good example. It's like, okay, we just, we're always getting these five stars. It's like, this kind of sucks. Now, a lot of that's play related, right? They're usually just not, you know, you're good enough or you're not. With Trey, it's like there's a it's a double whammy. It's like, can he just play every game? And then like, can he just function when he's playing in the game? Like function at like a B B plus level. Like you don't need to be Pro Bowler, but you need to be like a high level young guy yeah. immediately. Like a high level young guy. There's no I don't think they could make the playoffs with him being like if you just told me, give him a grade for the year, and you're like, Well, looking back, it was a C. Like, uh. That's but do you good. agree he doesn't have to be an A level player? You could argue he doesn't even need to be a B plus, but you have to be like B minus B with yeah. a couple A moments, couple C moments, young player. But you cannot just be flirting with below average. The worst thing that could happen to them this year is that he's not healthy enough to figure out what you got right. And that what's well, the number one component? Like how Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Patrick. Moore, you just eventually like you look. It's like oh, he's already got thirty starts under his belt. Some of those guys, MVP immediately. Other guys like Herbert was just like kind of, okay, it's goddamn. But it's like every game, you just know he's going to be there. He had a couple stinkers. I bet if we, I know for a fact, because I remember he had a game where he threw a bunch of picks. It happens. I guess football. Well, Mahomes has multiple playoff games with multiple interceptions. Did in the Super Bowl, won the game. You throw picks, whatever. Picks don't bother me. What what does bother me is like, 
Well, yeah, I mean, an individual pick in a game, a situation, but overall, like if you told me he throws 12 picks, like, you can't do No, yeah, you can. It happens. What bothers me is like, yeah, he missed seven games this year. That's a fucking disaster. You know? Like, I, I was thinking today or the other day, like, I remember Kyler missed some time last year, was injured, missed games. I mean, hell, the Their season McCoy fell apart when he got hurt, John. <laughs> he got hurt against the Packers. They were undefeated. They lost, and the whole thing fell apart. Except the one game where they lit up the Niners with. Well, they beat the Niners, as somebody reminded me the other day. Like, Cliff is to Kyle what Kyle is to McVay. Yeah. To what McVay is to the rest of the league. Again, I can short the Cardinals and believe every time they play the 49ers, the 49ers might lose the game. That Kyler might just, you do not want to be playing against him in fantasy, and you don't want him playing against your team on a given Sunday. It's like, well, John, you think the Cardinals are going to not make the playoffs this year. So that mean the Niners are going to sweep the Cardinals? No, that's not necessarily what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to be favored both times they play, but they could lose both. Yeah. Like, if you tell me the Cardinals won nine games, but went three and, you know, four and two in the division. Like, I do believe, like, I look up, the Cardinals can beat, I guess McVay does beat Cliff, huh? That'd be the one. The Cardinals probably sweep Seattle and probably split the night. The Cardinals get to three and three pretty easily. But you said they're not a playoff team. I don't think they're a playoff team now. Yeah. Which you know, when you look, but at I don't the think NFC, they suck either. I, I think they're you know, you know how you listed off those uh, AFC teams, yeah, seven yeah. to eight, seven to eight, nine win teams. Like you can be an eight win team and then basically like a fumble and a pick away. Like that could be them. You could make if if you were in the old NFL where there were six playoff teams, you could have made two different playoffs out of the AFC last year. Right, you could have had your playoff. The Colts, like the Pittsburgh was the last team in. You could have had Pittsburgh, Indy, Miami, the Chargers, the Browns, the Ravens, a whole other playoff of six teams in the AFC. You could have cut out one of the playoff teams in the NFC last year, Philly. Yeah, remember they got destroyed by the Bucks. So that's the one argument for Arizona because we both agreed the other day that they'll miss the playoffs. Is like, well. Are there seven teams that you feel great about in the NFC this year? Well, if Minnesota's better, if Philly and Dallas stay solid, yep. Uh, Niners, Rams, because again, the Niners had to kind of squeak. You know, I think a lot of the Saints fans feel that they were five and two with Jameis. Now we'll see how shitty their coach is. I don't know. It's, I think it's yeah, hard to look at the teams that didn't make the playoffs in the NFC last year, other than Minnesota, and really make a compelling case for why they'll be better. This year, New Orleans, Washington, Seattle, Atlanta, Chicago, Carolina, the Giants and the, and the Lions. I think if you're banking on the Saints, you go, they could have one of the best defenses in the league. And just they're just they have a lot of Which solid they did last year. Offense. Plus, Sean Payton and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they did, they did win nine games. Part of the Cardinals deal was they did one of those where they banked up a bunch of wins before November 1st. And then they kind of were able to cruise toward the end. Mm-hmm. But that's football. Like if, a bu- if you, a if bunch because they won eleven games and they fell apart and won eleven games. Yeah, like if you start nine and one, like yeah, you can fucking you know fall apart down the stretch and you're in the playoffs. Like they were basically into the playoffs. It felt like by November first last year. Of all the teams in the NFL, like Cardinals are already in. <laughs> They're in, and boy, do they suck. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. All right. Well, I mean, here we go. I'll say that a few more times. Here we go. But yeah. Here we go. Well, I saw someone tweeted at us. They're like, I'm going to Niner practice Wednesday. See you there. I'm like, yeah, pads are on. I'll be there. Like, I'm not going to an OTA practice. Well, don't they need seven days before pads? Isn't that no? I, is that the, I don't know. I wouldn't shock. I thought me. it was like, you know, the whole like build up. Like, you get a couple days, then you get helmets. Oh, this, this is a new CBA. I don't even know the rule. You might be I, right. I think it's like you get a couple days, then you get helmets and shell or shells, right? Helmets and shoulder pads. 
or like the we might be a week there. away from pads. <laughs> I it's uh, you might need a confirmation on that, but I just wouldn't shock me. You were talking. Well, if you think about it, what what did the owners argue in CBA? Like, what do you guys want? No, no pads. Cool, we're in. Uh, another percent for us. Uh, oh, what do you guys want? A second off day and uh, every week in training camp. Cool, us. Another point for us. We'll make it illegal oh, so, to give so you it's, your it's fine. So it's now a forty sixty split us. Bunch of off days for you. See ya. Less preseason games, but an extra regular season game. How how we feel about that? Everybody good with that? Okay, great. <laughs> okay. All right. Later, everybody. Thanks for hanging. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.